Welcome to another edition of What's New in Wagyu. Again, it's your ever-evolving host, Stephen, and we've got Lane today in the house. So, as with always, we're going to start off with a uh, lovely morning market update. Um, today's been a weird day for the market. I woke up this morning and I opened my phone and found out everything was down. Top 200s are down to 240. Your steers are down to 240 also. Your heifers are railowating around that 216. Your calves are 256. And the weird thing to me is stalkers are down to 249. The only thing I can come up with is that people are bringing their cattle down from the hills and it's kind of over, over flooding the market, but we're still holding at $2. They've had a terrible drought in Texas and through the Nebraska belt and then a lot of weird rainstorms everywhere else. So I'm not sure why the drop in price, but they're down about a nickel, give or take, from last week. Part of it could be the steak market too. Now that summer's over, uh, it usually takes a big dump. Right, right. People aren't aren't barbecuing; they're not as outside as much, and that's that's hard. Um, I think on the industry as a whole. But you know something weird, Lane? I think we sell more wagyu right now than we we've done all summer. We are, and I wonder if it's not just because it's an easier product to consume during the winter months. That could be. Onto something there. So I've been on a, a hiatus for two weeks and left Lane alone by himself. He has been gone forever. And I, I think Lane liked it. There are certain aspects I really did like. There are other aspects that, well, let's just say with Steve Watt around and I get to take care of all the cattle and his new house yeah. and the shop and the other dozen variable things that happen that we weren't counting on. Um, I lost my second calf. Yeah, Lane did do that for me. Yeah, we we lost a calf. And uh, and the weird thing is, is that calf had been doctored a week prior. So I, it's not Lane's fault. that There could have been some management things done a little differently. But I think that overall we would have had the problem sooner or later. Yeah. Um, it, he's the, letting me off easy, folks. Yeah, the, the management issue is because Lane, um, Lane is really good about doing things until he lets someone else help him, and that's when the train comes off the tracks. Sometimes, uh, Lane's one of those people that like trusts that adults will do adult things, and I tell the I tell him all the time that people are they're they're lazy. You can't trust that, and I think he learned a lesson over this one. Yeah, but there are times this young man, he is showing some ambition and he's doing things to improve how he's been. Now, Correct. that that's he's on the right road, but yeah. he has a long way to go before we can oh, I man. can just turn him loose and say depend that things will be done the way they should be done. Yeah, he he uh, also can't get all of the feed into the bucket. Well, he gets it in the bucket. The cows no, mush it I, out. I watched. You him watched this him. Oh, okay. Yeah, half of he tries to pour it over the rail rather than pour it through the walk through the gate and pour it. It's the damnedest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like it takes him twenty extra steps to get this done, and I'm like watching him out my back window, going, "Am I really witnessing this?" You like efficiency, right? Oh my goodness! Fast, quick, it, yeah, done, yeah. And out it'd have been it. faster if he just opened the gate and pour it around the corner. Like I'm not sure what he's gaining by doing what he's doing. <laughs> It's just, it's just uh, one of those deals. Just like, one of dude. those deals. Yeah, and, I get it. And he's in his 20s, so he should know better. But even my eight-year-old knows you're not supposed to do that. Well, you know, I've been thinking about that, right? And uh, your 10-year-old. Eight. He's eight. Nine. Oh, he won't be nine until the end of October. Which one are we talking? Elliot. Elliot? Yeah. Because Spence is seven, just turned seven in March. Yeah, October's here. No, no, no. It's the end of October. He's got like four weeks still. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, nine. But anyway, so since he was about four, you've had four and a half good years of training, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I got against a new mountain. He'll go get all the milk cows and tie them up and be ready for us to go. Yeah. Now, Aaron, on the other hand, he may be 24, but we've only had him a year and a half. Right. And he didn't learn in his previous life or his upbringing 
anything that can help him in life. Right. That is so, true. That so, is a true statement. So he he is behind the curve by a long ways. But he's he's almost to an eight year old level. No. He's he I think the seven year old still's got him beat. Well almost, you know, your way. That's, yeah, that's yeah. almost. Yeah, almost. But, but but anyway, but that's that's what people people are wanting to hear about. But anyway, tell me about tell us about the first week was family vacation time. Tell us about that. So we don't go on vacation very often because I don't like leaving the cows. And my wife conned me into going to Wisconsin. And the problem with that is, is last time we went, I was encouraged to eat some non. Normal food for me, and and, and being a, I can Lane will attest to this. I am a very structured, lined out person with a terrible class A personality. Yeah, and I may have a little OCD. A lot. Uh, yeah, a, a little OCD. Like my food can't. Uh, like there's just a lot of problems. And um, he likes what he likes. Yeah, and I don't and, like cheap food. And every day, it could be the same thing. If yep. he likes what he likes. Yeah. I can have the same thing every day, and it doesn't bother me. Don't give him a turkey gluten sandwich. No, never, <laughs> never, never, and never give me something that's that's gluten free. Like it's just nonsense. But anyway, so I I walk in and I go, Lane, we got to ship something to Minnesota to, to Wisconsin. So we ship a cooler, yeah, full of wagyu and chickens and chickens and did uh, we have a little pork? Yep, that's pork in there, and so that he could eat the stuff he wanted to eat. And and I got a VRBO like a like a house so that I can make all my own stuff. So if they wanted to eat where they wanted to eat, that's fine. But, but I was eating what I was going to eat. But the but the boys ate with you, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and nobody wants to eat vegan meals. And, and mom was probably real happy about that. Yeah, we had a come, we had a few talks about it. But it's like I told her, you know, you can't make the kids eat stuff they don't like. You know, especially on vacation, right? You know, and then well, I did find, like, when I'm in Wisconsin, there is a, there, there's something about the Midwest pastrami that's just f- fabulous. Exactly. We live in the shitty part of the world when it comes to getting good pastrami. Yeah. So I had pastrami sandwiches every day for lunch. Nice. Went down to Woodman's. It's like this giant, it makes Winco look like a third grade child. Okay. What I told Sherilyn, it reminds me of, of Winco married Costco. It's just a phenomenal grocery store, and they have like all they have a deli there where you could pick whatever pastrami you want. And I eat pastrami every day for seven days. I was so happy. So he comes, he comes, calls me, and it's like the next to the last day that they're going to be there. And he is frustrated because they've done all these touristy things and things he just absolutely hates. And he says, Tomorrow I'm either taking the boys to a strip truck club. Or to an arcade. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't know because it was called Tomfoolery. Like, there was this place in the middle of town called the Tomfoolery, and I'm like, Lane, it's either going to be a strip club or an arcade. I am not sure at this point because you couldn't tell by the outside. It had all black windows. Like, it, it was either going to be a sketchy day or a good day, one of the two. So we were talking about Elliot, his nine-year-old. Yeah, yeah, soon to be nine. Anyway... He says, if it ends up being strip club, he's going to go up to the lady and say, why don't you have your clothes on? My mom says you're always supposed to be dressed. Right. <laughs> and I could see yep. Ellie doing that. And he would exactly do it. that. He would do that. And he would do it in such a nice way. Like, he's so much nicer than I am. You know, the middle kid's like me. He'd just look at him and be like, wow, you should really put some clothes on. You know, it just, it's just the personality of the kid. But it was an arcade with a go-kart track. That's what the boys were telling me. Yeah. They had so much fun. Yeah, the problem was is my oldest got in the middle, and he was slow. <laughs> Elliewood. Oh, yeah. And, and the first time I passed him, I scared him a little bit. And the second time, I nudged him like a Dale Earnhardt move and put him to the corner. <laughs> and then the third time, he just got in the middle and slammed on the brakes and wrecked us all. <laughs> <laughs> he caution flagged everybody there. Oh. But yeah, nobody was getting around him the third time. He just wasn't playing the game. So it was a good time. Like it, overall, you know, family vacation for me, I'd rather go to Hawaii. Yeah. You know, South America, something like that, where I can just go and do what I want and hang out and not have so many people. Like there's just a ton of people there. 
Tell me about the cheese. Cheese is always good in Wisconsin. Like that, you go to Wisconsin, you eat cheese. You pretty much eat most meals. Now, my favorite thing once I get to the Midwest is Chicago style pizza. Correct. And I ate that like four times. It was a pretty good deal. How do you put sugar work? Um, it was okay. Actually, I thought it was going to be rough. Uh, I don't have like any sugar problems, but Lane, Lane was wearing this blood sugar monitor one day and I was like, well, that's kind of cool. Then my hippie wife told me that I needed one cause she thought I was going to have blood sugar problem cause I don't eat the greatest. She found out that she got the problem and not me, but it is what it is. And I told Lane, it's going to be a bad deal on the blood sugar. I had a worse problem in San Antonio with my blood sugar than I did when I was in Milwaukee. That was from the alcohol? It was from the booze. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's the honest truth about it. If I don't drink beer, I'm okay. But um, there was a lot of beer that I drank over the weekend, and it just spiked my blood sugar the whole time. So overall, great time. It was a good time. Uh, yeah, cats, get, kids had fun. I'm Mom get, and dad had fun. I'm getting well. Yeah, you use that term lightly, but you were okay. Yeah, because so, your kids were having yeah, fun. So, so I've got to the go. point now in my life where the kids go have fun. I'm usually pretty good to go tag along and make sure nothing weird happens. So, and then, you know, we'll meet like me and you'll head out and I'll have more fun going shooting pheasants and going fishing than I ever will go in to a theme park. Right. So. So then the next week you went to the American Wagyu Association. General meeting. General meeting, right? Yep. And what's this I hear about you being nominated uh, to the board again? Unfortunately, this is this happens from time to time if you've been in this industry long enough. Uh, the problem we have right now is is the board's maintained right now by a group of people that really don't own many cows, for one. Okay. Three of them own zero cows and work for another place. How does that work? Uh, when I was on the board, it didn't. Ah, this is the new dumbassery that's going around again. Okay, so I guess I've got to be nominated. I got nominated. That's a whole show in itself. Um, And then they'll do open elections in a month or so. So you know the the big problem. We'll we'll do a whole podcast on on what needs to change in the in the association and what they've changed and how they've changed it and whether that's a good or a bad thing because they've made some pretty liberal changes that I'm very upset about. Uh huh. They've made some okay changes that probably made the new people's lives easier, but my life harder. Uh-huh. And they've made some changes that are good. Okay. You know, it's kind of a, a grab bag, but they're making a lot more questionable changes than I've seen in a long time. Well, let's start this off with a, on a good note. Tell me about some of the things that you liked at the convention. So, Red Breeders, you know who MasterChef is. So, Barbara t- called me a week and a half ago and said she was going to come down. So she's the breeder, master chef and Katsukari and Kajikari and Klinger Red Star and all of the great bulls out of Australia. Um, I like to f- refer to her as the godmother of the, of the red wagyu breed. Nice. And she, she is a blast to be around. She's 75 uh, or so. So she is 78. Eight. Okay. Yeah. She's almost 80. Traveled all the way over. So, and every time, you know, when, when Barbara, you know, when she came last time, I ended up with most of the master chef in this country and me and her worked a deal on a new bull. She's got hidden up in the highlands of Australia that we'll release later on. Um, we're getting him tested next week to make sure he's export eligible, but it'll be another change to the industry because this bull is. Probably the nicest bull I've seen in the entire breed in my entire career. Wow. Um, he's a master chef son. Um, we actually own uh, a sis, half sister to him. Who's that? Uh, the judo cow. Okay. Poppy's mom. Okay. So they made it master chef with, with the judo cow's mother. And it has created what I would like to say is probably one of the best up-and-coming bulls in the industry. He's long. He's long. He's deep. He's full-flanked. He's got good feet, good legs. He's only three, and he's probably as big as MasterChef was at, at a mature age. Nice. He, he's got a lot going for him, and we tied up the, the rights and the export rights, and we will be the only ones to collect him before she, she sends him down the road. And that's just the way it is. Um, I've known Barbara for close Ever, to yeah. close to a decade now. Yeah. 
And me and her have done a lot of business together. She's actually the ones that goes around in Australia and finds all my semen and embryos we import. You know, Grandma Barbara has been good to me all these years. And we've done a lot of, a lot of, a lot of work together on different things. And I found out there may be some questionable business deals that somebody has made with her. Ah, that's not good. That we, she was letting me know, not realizing how she could get out of them. So we'll be taking care of those over the next couple weeks. Perfect. Um, but you know, having her here is big. Uh, she, she's just a fun old lady. People, my favorite part, most people who know her will say she'll never die because she's the crankiest lady they've ever met. Um, she's not that way if she likes you, just so you know. <laughs> so she's probably one of the kindest old ladies I know. Yeah, I, I believe that. But she's not going to put up with your nonsense either. No. So, but yeah, that's that's what we've got going on there. We did some business. I always like doing good business like that. Um, we, I sat through some stuff that, well, Colby did a great job. Colby and Arlie, um, Revis, they did a great job talking to people about how to use Facebook. Okay. And market your stuff. Okay. I was a little skeptical going in because I was like, well, how much are you going to teach people on this? Uh, for us, it's probably never going to be a big deal because Colby already does our stuff for us. If you want to make some some really good inroads and have a great website and learn how to do all the marketing stuff you need to do, it, you just go pay Colby to do it. It'd be the easiest way to do it. Yeah. And he's going to do a great job. He's going to be great. Fantastic job. And, and you're going to love what you get no matter what. So... The problem is, is I think that as these platforms evolve, I think it's going to be harder for people. Well, let's be honest. Most people in the Wagyu industry are your age, Lane. Okay. You struggle with computers. We do. And you struggle with programming, especially if it's really, uh, like, really clicky programming. And my advantage is I have Janice. And you have a wife that's really good and up on it, but not everybody has that. I know. That's why I'm saying my... Yeah. <laughs> you can you can make it by because of Jess. Exactly. Um, you know, so if you really want to get into the Facebook marketing thing, you need to give Colby a call over at 22IU. He changed his name of his company, and it made me giggle a little bit. But for, for probably the next 10 years, you'll hear me call it Carpet or Cattle Company anyway. But it is 22IU now. I think that if you, you know, even if you call and have him send over the slides that they made and go through the, the presentation, it'd be well worth your time. Um, I sat through a couple other guys stuff, some doctorates that they're really good on paper, but they don't know what the hell they're talking about in real life. That's usually what happens. Um, they were talking about feeding and I'm like, Oh no, you are telling them to do everything that you would with an Angus and you're going to end up with a subpar product. And we learned that, right? Oh, I've done, I've been there. I, we, we, we've, we've, I'm the, we've done that. I'm the educated guy that uh, screwed it up the first time. So the difference is it was my money uh-huh. and not someone else's. Yeah. And the other thing is, is when you screwed it up, you went right to the people who oh, yeah. knew how to do it. And that was Japanese. Yeah. And that's what, that's the only way to do it. Right? right. But most of them won't talk to Americans. Because we're so arrogant and mean to them. Well, the other thing is, is they don't, people don't know how to listen. It's the the truth. Just oh, yeah. listen. It's kind of like, well, this is what I would suggest. Well, where where we come from, this is how we do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just, very. They're a very very polite society and demand a lot of respect. And if you're not going to respect them, ask their opinion and not yeah and, even listen and to and it. Don't they're not going to give you. They're not going to give yeah. you any time of day at all. And here's how we did it. You told me what they told me what they did, and then I just made it work for our program. You know, that, that's always been a thing. You know, you listen to what they say, take what the information is, and then make it work within your own program. Because I can tell you right now, you come and hang out with us, you and you try to replicate what we're doing, you know, number for number, item for item, you're going to fail. Because, you know, it, you, you don't have the ability and the connections that I have to get the things done that we need to get done. I would say you're probably right. You know, it, it, and, and that's just the reality of it. But you could take what we're doing and replicate it. I think you could do that successfully. Yeah. Um, like replicate it in your own herd in your own way. 
you know, I've got a a guy that I talk to from time to time um, out in West Virginia, and he was telling me that, you know, he could find everything but one product. And I'm like, well, why don't you just use what they use out there for that product? And here's the even funnier part. So he's telling me he's been paying all the, you know, like $300 a ton or $400 a ton for his feed. Right. Wow. So I give him, I tell him what to put together and what the ratios need to be. And it came out to be like $270 a ton. (laughs) So, you know, people need to really learn and talk to the people in your local area and learn how to, how to get things. Find out what you have, what things you can substitute for right. other things. Right. You know, and, and out here I I can't get I can't get some of the stuff people can get back east that I'd kill for. You know, I have to substitute out wheats or millets or oats or something like that to make it work. You know, but hell you drive hundred miles to two hundred miles down the road lane and then you're down in central Utah, what, two hundred and fifty, three hundred miles, something like that? Yeah. And you have everything. Yeah, you have everything. Because they're right off I-80. They can ship anything in for next to nothing. It's just a different lifestyle. And it is what it is. I tell people that all the time. They don't like to hear it. But, you know, sometimes you have to make do with what you can get. You know, I I listen to, you know, Jimmy Horner, the big feeder out of Texas, talk a lot. And a lot of people use him all over the country. And my problem always was, is he wanted to sell me more of his proprietary product than actually help me build my own feed ration. That's called the upsell. Yeah. Yeah. And Lane knows how much I love the upsell. And Scott, or Steve, like, knows how much I love the upsell. I really like the upsell because I used to be a salesman. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were talking to our lawyer one day, and he was saying what he was doing and on a particular case. And then he said, but what were you able to do is blah, 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 blah. I said, oh, Scott, so you upsold them. <laughs> and he said, no, just giving them options. Options. I said, yeah, you upsold them. And yeah. he didn't like that very much, but that's exactly what he did, yeah, right? Yeah, but that's that's part of that business, right? Right. You upsell. We all have, we all upsell, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we upsell all the time. Lane upsells all the time. He's good at it. Well, we do. When we're, when we break our, Carcasses apart and yeah. sell them by the stake and things like that. Yeah. We upsell them. They, right. They're going to cost more. We're going to make more money. That's how it is. If you want to buy a little bit, it's going to cost you more. Right. And while you're buying this, why don't you buy some of this great ground beef? Yeah, yeah, see, so, it's see just not, so it's just not one meal. You can have five or six meals away you, and it's not going to break the bank. And Lane likes to get people hooked. So he's like the, the co-chair drug dealer. He, he's doing a pretty good job at it. I give more hamburger away than I sell. Yeah, I guarantee you do. But that's why it's there. And carne asada. People yeah. love that carne asada. Oh, my goodness. And, and, it's, and it's a simple thing, right? Little things like that make a big difference long term. So let's talk about my two weeks. Oh, yeah. You so have Lane's, any questions so Lane's, or things Lane's for me? been on vacation at home for two weeks. <laughs> you know, hell, he doesn't have to do nothing to start with. And then I give him a few small tasks to take care of. And you'd think that he had a bad week. I know, I know. So, <laughs> first thing we discover, one of the first things we discover is our Steve's building a new home. And yep. uh, the engineer and the drafter and things, they didn't get the back porter chair on patio and the covered porch on the back of his house. And, oh, and we found this out when we were ordering trusses. Yeah, when we were ordering trusses. And so, this put a wrench in our ordering and so i got to go get that all ironed out and then uh oh and then they decided to put these posts in front of my windows so just so everyone gets a visual i've got about 10 foot by 15 foot windows in my backyard so i can look at the cows yeah while i eat breakfast Mm -hmm. yeah and for some reason they decided to put posts every six feet and across so, my porch. So I saw that, and I called the engineer. Said that's not going to work. We need these clear spanned glue. And limit. they need to, and they need to be high enough on that porch overlooks that it's not coming down and obstructing the windows. Right. He says that's going to be really hard to do. I said, Well, you're an engineer. You get paid to do hard things. Right. <laughs> that's what we need. And so then he comes back. He says, Well, the 
the the main the main covered porch or patio yeah. or it's wood just, deck. It's, it's a, a big. It's, it's a, a deck with a roof on it. Yeah, it's what twenty by twenty four. Yeah, twenty by twenty four with a fourteen foot vault. Yeah. So he says that's higher than the other. So do you want me to put a high post and a low post? And I said, Mike, Steve would come unglued. He'd come and kick your ass just to be fun. Yeah, just for fun. I said, why don't you just put a big bracket a in? Good, nice or, ornamental steel bracket in and be done with it. He says, oh, that's a good idea. Well, you'll need a bigger post. And? I said, we want them bigger anyway. We yeah. want them at least 12 by 12. 14 by 14 would be greater. 16 yeah. by 16. We don't care. We don't want skinny, yucky posts. Yeah, because I'd get mad then too. Because our friend has 24 by 24 posts. Yeah. Them things are cool. Yeah, but his, he's got a whole yeah. lot more coming he's down on lot, that. He's got a lot of deck. <laughs> got a whole lot more coming down there. And the thing that's fun about this is this is what I did in my past life. Yeah. I was a structural designer for Boise Cascade, and those are the things that I did. So it's been kind of fun that way. So we got that straightened out. And at the same time, we got the floor material takeoffs all done. and Found out that uh, our plumber needed to be educated on which line to bring into my house. We did. And, and here's the thing, guys. You, you guys need to have friends. This is how important having friends is. I get a phone call. I'm out of town. And he goes, hey, the line that they ran for you will be okay. But. They updated this standard three years ago. Yeah. And I go, well, hell, I'm going to have to call the plumber back. And he goes, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. And he did? Yeah. I, and I don't have to worry about it. Shane does a great job. Like, like you need to have friends. out. Like, don't eat, This isn't even about cows. No. This is life. If you don't have friends that are true friends, you're going to be in trouble. Like, I, yes, I pay Shane to be there to do my, to do my dirt work. But as a friend, he makes sure that I'm I'm protected and safe taken care of. and taken care of. And the thing, we, we talked about this the other day, kind of a philosophical thing, where a guy was complaining because he never had the good breaks, he never did this, he never did that. And, and one guy just said, how many people do you talk to a day? Right. How many people do you know? How many people do you network with? Right. How many p- friends have you made? Where you maybe made a hundred friends, these guys that are self-starters, people that have businesses, people that have worked hard for every penny they've got, they network with hundreds and thousands, if not tens of thousands of people to get where they are. So how hard have you worked and how hard have they worked? And it's... And it's really true. And the, it probably took me 15,000 people before I networked with Steve. Yeah, probably. So Lane found something else out, though, during this time, because I'm on the phone with him. He, he all of a sudden stops and goes, I understand now why you walk around on the phone and don't go sit in the office. Get his steps in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I'm on the phone, I'm usually walking. All the time. And people sometimes have asked me, you know, why do you do this? And I go, well, one, if someone's trying to listen in on your conversation, they're not going to follow you around. So if you're out walking around, nobody's going to follow you to listen to your conversation. That's, that's just the first part of it. But it's idle time. So idle time is, I hate it so much that I have found out that I just go walk while I talk on the phone because it's idle time. So, but that's, that's, that's another lesson. So we have this house, and we have pictures. They graded the, brought some smaller gravel to yep. grade the basement. Basement, so it was even with the footings. So we can and spray our, foam it. So our friend Shane, first he, with his track hole, drops a skidster in. Skidster in so they can get the dirt where they want it. And once they got that all kind of leveled out, then they dropped a steamroller inside yep. there to roll, roll it, it to roll it. <laughs> And, and what we're doing is, is we're putting hydronic floors in, so that's uh, heated by by hot liquid. That's how it works through a boiler system. But uh, we have to spray two inches of foam on that bottom before they can put the hydronic lines in before they pour concrete. Yeah, but it was it was it was great to get those pictures. Oh with yeah, those 
pieces of machinery down in the basement. And how in the heck did they get them down there? And how are they going to get them out? The well wells weren't big enough. No, not near well. <laughs> no drive out basement. So that was pretty funny. Um, so I got to I got to coordinate all that and and uh, then it rained. It rained, rained good, and we been on hold ever since. Yeah, I got to take care of all the cattle. Make sure things were going right. Um, got to milk cows. Got to make milk cows every night. And and plus the other things that happen at the shop every day. Yeah. And we had a really tough day one day. And we about got, Lady about got thrown in jail because she was such a... Terrible person. Terrible person. So, so it was bad enough that I got a phone call while I was out of state about it. Uh, it was pretty impressive to me that I got a phone call before Lane had let me know. So I call Lane and go, so what you got going on, Lane? <laughs> no, he says, have you not been, have you not be, been being nice to someone? Yeah, that's how I said, mean. no, I, I've been way nice to everybody. <laughs> and he just started laughing. So, but yeah, it's one of them deals like, yeah. I get phone calls all the time. Most of the time I'm like, yeah. Well, and the best part was is they were like, Lane's being mean to someone. And I'm like. Do you know who Lane is? Like, are you like, do you know who he is? Are you trying to like call Tiny Lane or like what's going on here? Like, come on. And and the funny part is she she tells me all this stuff and I'm like, yeah, that that's not Lane. So I'll call and figure out what's going on. Just not. We have a meddler in a business next to us that likes to tattle on Lane all the time for some reason. But it is what it is. So (sighs) dang lady. So I get to be nice and. Steve gets to put the hammer down one of these days. He'll get tired of it. Yeah, so I, there's a rule at the shop and all my businesses. They're required to be nice always. And I will take care of being not nice. And um, as Lane can attest of over the years hanging out and being around. You don't want to be a yeah, good guy he's not nice to. Because uh, I, I usually make it worth my time. So what else do you do this week? Oh gosh, we get to ship we ship lots of elk every week across yep. the country. That's always a pain in the yeah. That has to be done and keeping keeping the shop clean with the elk. It's a full time job. That's a full time job. Um, but you know, overall things are pretty good. Um, one time, Steve called and I was just frustrated, and he was asking me some. He thinks they were pointed questions. I think they were dumb questions. I think he was just pulling my chain a little bit. And when when I and I'm starting to get just a little bit perturbed. He's being cranky, old man. What just it was. a little perturbed. And then I just say, "I'll talk tomorrow. Goodbye." <laughs> Click. Like, and well, he had okay. to, he, he had to be laughing. Oh yeah, the whole time it was a good time. He had it to made, be laughing. Made, made the rest of my afternoon. I'm sure it did. So, you know, and that's the thing. Like I tell people all the time, I go, Lane's probably the nicest person you're going to meet. Um, gets him in trouble sometimes, but overall, it probably does a pretty good job for him. So, I I went to when I was there though, Lane. I acquired you a new toy. A new toy. Yep, for me. Yep. You're bringing me gifts? Yeah. Uh, the boys down from the camp, the the camera, digital grading service was, was there, and I was talking to them a little bit. and Explain the visual so, grading so, service. So um, there is a camera grading. Grade your meat for you. And this one is probably the most state-of-the-art group. Okay. Um, they've made meat thermometers for years. Okay. Um, and they've now come out with a grading camera. And it'll be real cool to see Lane have a grading camera because it'll take the guesswork out of grading from here on out. Like, it'll be what it is based on a computer algorithm. Um, the and we're w- not just talking about our Wagyu, correct? Oh, no, we'll do it for everything. We're going to allow anybody who comes to our shop to use the digital grader. We'll charge them like 25 bucks to do it. It's not cheap, but it'll be well worth uh, having it at the shop. Okay. Uh, they're flying in on Thursday or Friday to bring me one, um, and to come visit Lane and show him how to use it. Uh, they usually don't do that, but I, I have a couple side deals going on with them now that, um, 
they're going to come in how, handy. How, how cranky do I get to be? Oh, so I told the guy, this is a list of this, so I tell the guy, I go, hey, you got to bring some hats and some swag and that camera, and then make sure you stop and get you a, a Coke Zero or two before you come over, because he's like a cranky old man. <laughs> and the dude's like, okay, I can handle that. And he's, he's kind of a bigger cowboy dude. He's from up the road uh, originally. He lives down in Texas now. He's like one of them big pudgy dudes, like little nice soft ones. Well, anyway, um, it's going to be great. <laughs> oh, I can. How hard is it to use this? Do I have to use a computer? I'm yep. not very good at a computer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been good enough for the last 60 years. Why do we have to change now? Yeah, that's, I, that's, I can have fun. Yeah, so Lane's going to do that with him. But the big thing is, is going to this new rating camera. Um, it's going to give us a few opportunities, uh, mainly in our chef's market. I can go to the chefs, and what's the thing that always pisses me off, Lane? We go to the chefs, and they're like, oh, this is better than what you have. We'll just take a picture of what they have, and let's see if it's any better. Because it's going to tell us the IMF percentage. Yeah. So when it's not, then I'm going to tell our favorite chef that he's full of crap. <clears throat> oh, you tell him that all the time. I know, but I'll have proof this time. Oh, okay. It's not conjecture anymore. Yeah. It's, you're a dumbass, here's the, here's the result. But what it'll do is, is it... I, this is what I think that, that what'll happen. It's going to happen in the next 10 years. Chefs who sell Wagyu are going to split into two groups. There's going to be the shitty Wagyu that's being produced by 98% of people right now. American Wagyu? Yep. Okay. Or, or even Full Bloods. Lane, look at how many Full Bloods we've seen that's that are true. garbage. That's true. And then the good producers. And there's going to be 5 or 10% that are good producers. That's how it is in every industry. Yeah. No matter what, there's 5 or 10% of the people that do everything necessary to have the outcomes that they need. But I think these cameras over time are going to become cheap enough that that these um, chefs are going to start getting them. Do you know how cool it would be, Lane, to be able to cut your steaks, mm-hmm. grade each and every one of them, and sell them appropriately? That'd be cool. It would be cool. Chefs won't do it because they charge the best price for all of it. But as a chef, you could put your your suppliers to the task and say, hey, 3% of the, the, the strip loin you sold me was the 47.5% IMF that you promised. You've been charging me this amount. I should be paying this amount. And it will give them a leg to stand on. Yeah. The other thing it would do is it gives us a leg to go, hey, you're buying this stuff at $35 a pound, and it's this grade, and ours is this much, and this is why it's more money. It, it's, it's all about data collection, really. And this is the cool part. They've got an online program lane that we can input all the fat melting points. Great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But but think about that, being able to put those all in and then be able to track them per carcass. Janice is going to need a raise. Yes, she will. <laughs> but, but do you know what I'm saying, Lane? That's, yeah. uh, that, well, and we can print off stickers and put on each of the carcasses based on fat melting rate. Like, it'll really take that next step of data collection. Correct. And, and that's something that's kind of interesting to me and keeps me always looking at the next thing is stuff like that. So they're coming here. Um, I will be Thursday or Friday. Thursday or Friday. He said maybe even Monday. Okay. Uh, he's he's coming home to visit his mom. Okay. But in the process is going to stop been, by us. Been tasked by the owner who was there to come and see me. Um, not all of you will get this kind of treatment. Um, we're kind of doing some side stuff with the I am with the business owner. So uh, we'll. We, we're just going to get a little different service than other people. Uh, Lane has learned that I always kind of seem to end up with a little different service than most general people. Right, wrong, or indifferent. It's just who it is. You know that networking thing? I'm really good at it. Yeah, he's really good at it. And I'm really good at making friends. So, but moving on. <laughs> okay, let's talk about, we talked about the, some of the stuff that you liked at the show. Right. Um, let's, uh, talk a little bit about some of the things that you're concerned about. Well, so one is they made a rule change that allows for one seat to be held by a foreign member of the association, which I highly disagree with. So 
the current association rules were that you had to be a U.S. citizen to be part of the American Wagyu Association board. Okay. Well, for some stupid reason, they've decided, and I know it's not stupid. They made this rule for one person, and he'll probably run for a board seat next term. It's, it's all designed for one person. Um, it is now allowing one board seat to be filled with a non-American citizen, which to me is nonsense. Yes, I understand there are non-Americans that are part of this association, but what I really disagree with is the fact that you are now allowing one to live out of country and be part of the association. They're never going to, they're probably never going to make it to anything they're supposed to in person at this rate. Correct. The other thing is, is I've been very, uh, the, the association made some rule changes on registry that I think is absolutely ridiculous. So for years, we've always had to register the animal as the owner breeder. So if I bred the animal, it was born on my place. I had to register it, right? Correct. Well, now they're allowing the secondary buyer to register that calf. Here's the problem. I don't do this. I'll never do this. But I, but I know people for some reason who do this. They sell heifers for the, meat, the people's meat programs as unregistered heifers. And they take a discount on them because they're not good heifers to start with. They're in the cool pen. But somebody's selling them to eat them, right? Correct. Well, if someone was smart enough to figure out the pedigree lines and then pay their $320 herd search, they could register that animal now. So that animal they bought at a discounted rate, because it wasn't registered, will now be registered. And guess what, Lane? They took advantage of the, of the previous owner. Yes, they did. Because they didn't pay for a registered animal to begin with. To begin with. And people are saying, oh, this is the greatest thing on earth. Well, for you new people, it, it's pretty good. For us old people, it's not good. It's not good business. You know, and, and, and I'm sorry that, that if you think this is a great thing, but wait until it happens to you. But you get away from, you get that calf or any calf. Are they going to have to verify with DNA? They're going to have to send DNA in on it. So like, say, say you were an unscrupulous person and bought a heifer from me that was supposed to be eaten. Okay, and you were like, "Oh, we I, called, we called it because it didn't meet the standard, right?" Because it was a piece of crap, and we've had them. Yep, and we sell them. Yep, and we don't and register the, them, right? And if somebody wants to go put them out on the range, I don't care, or feed them for their family, right? We don't care as long as they're not at my place anymore. Exactly. The problem comes in now. You could just take a DNA sample, send it into the AWA, run a herd search on it, which is like three hundred and seventy-five dollars. And you have now a registered animal that shouldn't have been registered to start with because it wasn't very And then it comes back on you. No. Well, no, because it'll be registered under your name. But they could do the herd search and they know where that calf came from. Correct. Correct. Bottom line, it comes back to our... To our population of groups. We'll be known as breeders of, and they will be known as owners of the new person. And that's and I that's t- terrible. I will tell you if it ever happens to me, I pray that you I never find out. Yeah, because I will have litigation that is strung out so far. Life will suck. It will because that is dishonest. It is, and I don't and care every, if it costs and everybody me. and everybody involved, the association, yep. the owners, the sellers, Everyone. everybody will. Well, they will feel the wrath. I'm going to tell you right now, this is one of the most wrong things I've seen in this industry in, since I've been in it. It's a good thing looking, looking at, at your nose. But nobody took into account all of the other things that were out past arm's length. Everybody's like, well, I got a calf that, was, that dropped the days, a day of at so-and-so's place, and I bought the cow and calf, and now I ha- they have to register it, and they're taking a long time to do it. Yeah, it happens. It happens. I'll, I'll say it right now. I've seen it. I've been part of it. Like, it happens. But you should not take away the right from that owner to say, this animal should never be registered. Correct. And that's what they did. So now... I will tell you, if we sell anything like that, we're calling Jason first, and we'll have her spayed. That's just so that I don't have to lose my mind down the road. 
I'm going to do this for the the best and benefit of everyone else down the road. Correct. You know, and that's just the the reality of it. You know, a few other things I didn't like. They tell tell me about that <sighs> embryo cell. So the embryo cell was wrong to start with, anyway. So you know, they had some stuff in there that they had didn't have a full registry on. They had a single registry, but not a double on both the reds and the blacks. You know, and that's what I don't understand is how, how the problem is, is how the associations used to run is you used to do your association convention at a land grant university somewhere in this country. Mm -hmm. Now it's done at a multi-million dollar hotel. It, It just isn't, it isn't what it's supposed to be. You know, the only way you should have one of these is if it's at a land grant institution or nearby one. And the re- this is the reason why. You know, I in the in the back in the day, we used to, you know, your morning, you'd get up, you'd eat breakfast, you'd get on a bus, you'd go to the land grant institution and they would have professors in each of the major disciplines there to talk. And you'd learn about animal health and you'd learn about breeding and you'd learn about this and about meat science and you'd learn about all these important things to make you a more productive breeder. Well, now they pay high dollar to bring these people in to to this convention center. So they're spending more money than they need to. And corporate corporate groups that are trying to sell their Their products or their product. Yep. So, so it's just, I miss the old ways and I hate to say it that way, but I miss the old conventions you learned. And, and now more than ever, it should be that way. Cause there are more new members today than ever in this industry. And they need to have those basis covered. You know, when we were in Colorado a couple years back, we did it at Colorado state university where the original bulls came to be tested and looked at and collected and dealt with. And people were there from when they were brought in. You know, it, it the same way with up in Moscow, right? Right, right. And then now it's it's becoming a party and le- more about the party and less about the production. And and that's just it's just because of who we have on the board right now. Things need to change. Things need to have some evolution. So you know, sooner or later, something has to happen. And no one's looking out for those moderately sized farms. Everybody cares on that board about the bigger is better philosophy, and that's not okay. More people in this industry have five animals or less. Heck, I know people that me and Lane have ran into that have one cow and one bull for, you know, they have 10 animals, but they have five bulls and five cows because they thought they had to be married. <laughs> that's true. You know, but it, 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 that's the truth. Like, not down in southern Utah, though. No, 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 no. <laughs> That'd be the other way around. Five, you know, but that's what I'm saying. In and I, I don't understand where this knowledge comes from, but we're not fostering an educational base experience at our convention. So, who are they helping at this these conventions? Well, the convention has turned into you know um, people trying to sell stuff to other people. So, who are they helping? Uh, the big breeders. And the salesmen? And the salesmen. The companies? Yep. They probably get some... The kickback? Bucks yep. and stuff from... Yeah. Okay. You know, and, and that's the problem I have is, yes, there has to be some sponsors, and yes, but they shouldn't base an entire freaking... Convention around it. it. Yeah. Okay. And that's what it's becoming. So we're going to move on, because yes, I'm not very happy about that okay. still. Let's talk about what we're going to do the rest of the year. That's kind of exciting. So what are we doing? We're going to have a lineup for the rest of the year. Oh. Um, so I was talking to a lot of people at the convention. So a lot of people love this podcast, and I am very happy that it's been beneficial for a lot of people. But there's a group of the industry that feels like I'm picking on them right now. And they're the black breeders. Oh, I thought you picked on everybody. I pick equally. on everyone equally, but and they're right. They're, they're right. We've done a, a lot more We've done a lot more red than black. Yeah. So in order to be transparent, because we have a black herd. We have a big black herd. We have uh, a bigger black herd than red herd. Right, right. Um, we're going to do something that makes it a little more structured for everyone. Okay. And this has been our problem with the podcast. It's not a problem. I don't like, I like structure in my life, but I don't like structure in, in some things because I feel like it's not natural. 
So what we're going to try to do, we're going to attempt to do this, and we'll see how it plays out. If it works, it works, and if it doesn't, we'll scrap it and go back to the old lineup. But one week we're going to run segments on reds. Okay. The following week we'll talk about black cattle. Okay. The third week of every month we'll talk about Lane's adventures in the butcher shop. That's always fun. But that'll be interjected into both the reds and the blacks anyway. You're not yeah. losing it. It's not getting condensed to one. I actually try, got somebody tried to talk me into taking the butcher shop sections out and making its own standalone podcast. And I told him that's nonsense. That, that's, that's not, we will not do that in any shape or form. The more I got thinking about it, the more I realized it was a corporate request that I didn't want to comply with. It's a, you know, we had a, we had a big butcher shop industry equipment. What would you call them? Salesman. Not even salesman, but they, manufacturer. Manufacturer. Yep. Okay. That wanted us to do a bunch of stuff so that they could give us some free stuff. And I'm like, yeah, we're good. We can buy our own shit. <laughs> so, but, but that's what we're going to do. Um, and then the, the last week of every month, I've got a lot of requests about things to talk about that I've already been given, but I would like some more. And that's also the week that we'll have special yes, guests. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, you'll, we'll probably do a podcast this week that'll air th- in three weeks about the new camera because he'll be here this week and we'll, we'll sit down and talk about that. You know, what would be a scary one. Huh? If we invited Janice and Sherilyn. Oh, that'd be to bad. Show, that'd to be sh- to share their insights on. Yeah. Um, on us. I am going to start having my kids come on the podcast. They want to be part of the podcast pretty bad. Um, so we'll probably do like a segment where we just record a bunch and then cut them in because they're hard to like keep quiet in, and in one place. interested. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll do that probably to make it a little more entertaining. Um, you can hear why my son loves MasterChef and he's probably more right than anybody else in the industry I know about him because he goes out and looks at my MasterChef calves all the time. So, um, and kids' perspectives are kind of interesting because they, they don't hold anything back. They'll, uh, he'll be the first to tell you if there's an ugly cow out there, you know, you know, and, and that's just the way it is. Um, so that's kind of how we're going to structure those things. We'll see how it works. We'll see if we can maintain the structure. Well, we're kind of excited that, uh, we have a little heifer that's coming on. Oh man! And she's she's just she is showing all the all the tendencies that we want and things, and you know we're hoping that she's our D four cow replacement. Yeah, I think she will be uh, as long as she keeps growing and nothing weird happens to her between now and when she's a big cow. But we've we've lost two. Yep. Yeah, uh, I lost one at first calving. And then Lane Lane offed one for me the other day, <laughs> but um, no, there. I'll tell you something right now. Some of the best calves I've ever seen in my life never make it to adulthood in calves as cows. Why? Guess there's so many things against there's them, or so many things that can go wrong. Hell, your mom gets up and steps on you, and you break your legs so bad you can't. You know, it just it's life. Look at how many people struggle through life. That have all the potential in the world, but never become anything. Same with cows. The only benefit she has is she's in our program, which is going to put her far ahead of most people because she's going to get every opportunity to, to be healthy. Yep. Oh, one last thing. So in the Wagyu industry for years, people have talked about running bull tests. And they've done a few and they've been hit or miss. Well, I got our local college up the street lane to agree to let me use their Grow Safe program. So that we'll be running Utah State or up north. BYUI? Yep. Okay. We're going to run Grow Safe on bulls. Okay. We'll be the first Wagyu producers to be able to do it in a structured format where we can run red bulls in one pen, black bulls in the other, run average daily gains plus water concentration and everything. Wow. Uh, I brokered that deal while we were, I was on vacation. That was a vacation deal. That wasn't. Nope. That wasn't a way, That wasn't convention deal. No, nope, no. They called me uh, like the third day I was out. I got to go up. And we're going to sign some papers and get some stuff set up for feeding that. But um, that'll be something that no one else is doing right now. We will actually feed test all of our bulls. So it'll give the cattlemen a little more. I'm doing it for our best friend. 
George? Yep. Okay. Uh, he didn't ask for it by any means. No, he wouldn't. But I feel... He'll be excited when he knows about it. I feel that the amount of opportunity for him to have bulls that he can go, hey, their average daily gain is going to be this to help the commercial cattlemen ease into having these red bulls will will be instrumental in his success with his F1 program. Cool. It's going to cost us a little money to do it, but uh, like I tell Lane a lot of times, I go, sometimes things cost me money, and that's okay. Yeah, but we usually end up... Yeah, we, we make out on the end. make out on the end. It just... Uh, it just might take a little longer. Yeah. We, we've never been in for the fast buck. Nope. And here's the thing... I, I, a lot of people are going to start doing this. I know a couple other companies that are that are talking about doing it. Um, they're mainly doing it for their steers. I'm going to do it on my bulls and heifers. You're going to know when you buy something from us what the average daily gain was. You're going to have so much more information that it's going to be awesome for them to have. You know, and that's that's something that I've wanted to do for a few years that we just haven't been able to figure out. Like it's marketing form, right? And here's the other thing, Lane. Because it's done at an institution, we get to publish data in scientific journals. Perfect. And because I hold a fancy degree, I can write it all and submit it. So we will be working on things like that, um, Wagyu feeding conversions and things like that, on a peer-reviewed level, unlike everyone else in the industry. That brings me to another topic, just because you said we've been talking about you going back and 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 getting continuing and getting your doctorates. Yeah, there's some talk about that getting done. Is that getting? Is that there, there's some talk about that getting done one day? Okay, I'm only like I think like 47 credits short. I know, but we've talked about that a couple yeah, times. Yeah, it, it wouldn't serve me at this point. I don't ever plan on going to college and teaching nobody. No. Um, but you never know. I might get bored sometimes, one day and do it. Sometimes you like a little alphabet it, soup at the end of your name. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I've I've actually got a lot of it already. You do. Um, you do. It it could be cool. I, I I haven't made that. I'm still young enough, Lane. I I think that's a decision you make after you're forty. Okay. You know that I feel like that's a decision that comes with gray hair. Okay, let's let's yeah. just have fun till yeah. you're forty. Then we'll both get old. Then, th- th- then we'll figure out whether we need to do it or not. But here's the deal: so having an MBA and a Mac and and uh, an advanced accounting and advanced degree in accounting uh-huh. in the business world, that's every bit as good as a PhD. Like the only thing, like it, that doesn't even exclude me from teaching college, right? Correct, because you've done that. Yeah, done you've that. been there, done that. Yeah, I've taught, I've taught kids. I don't want to do that again. I don't. I didn't mind teaching capstone courses. You tormented kids. Yeah, that was the right word. Thank you. Yeah, I made I made sure that they were prepared to come into my field because I didn't want them to come into my field and be able to work if they weren't capable. Um, but for me, there's no advantage, and I've already got like five or six things that go behind my name right now, so I'm not sure. And, and and we're getting into a different stage in my life, Lane. You know, we are. I'm getting to the point where I'm giving some stuff up that I never thought I'd give up, and we're going to start doing some things that I've planned on doing, but I was always too young to do. So, you know, it it, it probably I don't know. We'll figure it out when it comes. Yeah, it's so, been a fun ride so far. It's been pretty good, but it is different, and um, it's changing, and it's cha- and it's changing faster than I I thought it would, and change is a whole. Hard thing for an old man. Yeah. But, but I'm getting along, and, right? And Lane's doing pretty good. Um, change change is hard for me because of my personality. And it's because I drag, I drag my feet sometimes a little bit. Because I don't want to change. Well, but you're also the first one there and on the cutting edge. Right, and right. And you force yourself sometimes. But I still don't like it. You're right. But you're there. You're yeah. dealing with it. You're... So in your other industries, you have to all be the there all the time, or yeah. you get eaten up by the other sharks. Yeah, and that's you know. So I'm taking some of the other stuff I do and pushing it into the wagyu industry. And some people, some people think it's me being mean. I grew up in an industry 
where you, if you weren't the biggest, meanest shark in the tank, your business would be gone. And it's a family business. So I was taught this at a really young age. And I've, I've been educated and developed to be a CEO. And now I'm bringing all of the education and everything else I've learned in my life into the industry. I've always kind of kept one foot out of that from doing it in the Wagyu industry. And now we're doing it all the way. But we have other things going on um, that, that allow me to have a little more pull like especially with like USDA grading, like we will be the first ones to have pure digital grading certified by the USDA. So we never have to have an inspector there because it's all graded on the camera. Those are the things because I've made enough friends that we're able to do, you know, and that's, that's just the reality of it. Now we're trying to make the industry a little cleaner again. And then, you never know. I might have to jump off course and go hang out in a in a political seat somewhere for a while too. It's just the reality of where I'm at in my my career and and the things that I've done. So, but you know, it's it's a good ride. I am glad that we got the school involved though, because then we can let some young kids yeah, learn who, who want to have master's degrees in the nutrition and doctorates. We will give them some of the best education, hands-on education, uh, with one of the hardest to feed bulls and the hardest to feed breeds out there, because they're not going to like their feed ration protocol because it'll be so different than what they've ever used. We're going to stretch their their abilities a little bit. There you go. And me and you will probably have to be up there every other day just to make sure they're being fed appropriately. Ah, uh, we'll send Sean. We want to work. We'll send Sean to check send on Sean. So that's going to be fun though. Um, what else? Is there anything else we have going on? So Lane's wife's birthday is coming up. Mm. He forgot about it. It's on Wednesday. I did forget about it. <laughs> and it's the first time I've ever forgot about it. Yeah. It's on Wednesday, Lane. Thank you. Uh-huh. I figured I figured I better mention it. My wife has some uh, surgery have to happen tomorrow, so I'm going to be on on the DL for the week. Okay, I'm going to be on the disabled list, and I'll be on the birthday list on Wednesday. Yeah, so, so don't forget. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured if I didn't remind no, you, no, no crises on Wednesday. No crises on Wednesday. That's how we're okay. going to run. No it. crisis Wednesday. Yeah, we could we could run that as a weekly thing. We no probably crisis could. Wednesday. We probably could. It's going to be getting full cold enough. Maybe we'll start go fishing on Monday. Nice. Uh, it's cool enough. I hear the fish are starting to pick up. So Monday's a good day for me. Yeah, we should run up and go fishing on Mondays because it's yeah. pretty slow at the shop. But well, we're going to leave you with that for the day. And remember to uh, always, you know, if you have any questions or have anything that you really want to know about, just send us an email. Even if I don't reply to it, most of the times I read it and then I reply to it a month later when I remember I'm supposed to reply to it. Um, that's not that I'm being rude or out of control or not caring. It's that I get enough emails every day that sometimes stuff like that gets stashed in my file until I get into my file I need to return emails on. And he does. I mean, he'll take a day and, what you doing today? Oh, I'm downstairs answering emails, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. How far are you behind? 123. <laughs> yeah, but I get him caught up eventually. Yeah, it, it, it is what it is. It, it, I've never been great about being timely on stuff like that. If it's not, uh, I have so many fires that happen. So Daily. Yep. So, okay, with that, we're going to leave you, and uh, we'll see you next week at What's New and Wagyu. Thanks, guys. The sun went down and then you fill him a jug and he'd pass it around. Mighty, mighty pleasing, pack his corn squeezing. What lightning? Well, the G-men, T-men, revenue is too. Searching for a place where he made his brew. They were looking, trying to book him, but my pappy kept on cooking. What lightning?
night instead of Mountain Dew. I took a little sip and right away I knew as my eyes bugged out and my face turned blue. Lightning started flashing, thunder started clashing. Why lightning? Well, the key man, tea man, revenue is too. Searching for a place where it may his proof. They were looking, trying to book him, but my pappy kept on cooking. Why lightning? Morning as he hit the ground. Mighty, mighty pleasing. Your pappy's corn squeezing. Whew, what a lightning. The G Man, T Man, revenue is too. Searching for a place where it may be They were looking, trying to book him, but my pappy kept on cooking. Whew, what a lightning. 